Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Talking Comics Podcast. It's Wednesday, January 6th, 2021. You're listening to episode number 476. I am your host, Steve Say, and joining me for this week's show is Mr. Bob Ryer. 2021, huh? Didn't think we'd get here. Yeah, we're back. Joey Bertino. Coming in hot. Real hot. And Aaron Amos. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah? (laughs) You still enjoying that chicken and beans? Listen, don't hate on my chicken and black beans. I'm not hating on your chicken and black beans. It sounds delicious. With Peruvian seasonings. Ooh. You don't know Uh, why. So, right about now, you're probably saying to yourself, hey, what happened to the ninth annual Talking Comics Awards ceremony? I know that's what you're thinking. Yeah, canceled. (laughs) It's done. COVID-19. Coming coming for the TC podcast. Uh, No, um... So here's the thing. We never really uh, give ourselves enough time after the awards to read everything. And with everything being especially crazy this year, we decided to give ourselves another week. So we're recording this podcast this week, obviously. And then we're getting together this Sunday to record the show. And then it will be out to you uh, next podcast day, which is, I guess, Wednesday. Of next week. New comic book day. So yeah. A uh, little bit more time. Maybe reread a couple things. Maybe move a couple of orders of votes oh, around. Oh, boy. Nope. I've, maybe I've, read a couple of things. I've yeah. used up two erasers already changing numbers. Are you kidding? I locked in my rankings over the weekend. I haven't done I haven't done anything. Like, okay, before we get to all this stuff, let me just explain what we're going to do uh, this week. So this is kind of a this is a placeholder show, right? Because we didn't anticipate it. And everybody's been rereading stuff that we've uh, nominated for the awards, and we're going to be talking about them more when we come back for the awards show. You get it. So this week, what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about our holidays, and then we're just going to catch up with everybody and find out where we're at in the awards, how we're feeling about things, how we're feeling about lists. And then we're going to talk about the future in 2021 and uh, what it means for us and what it means for comics and things that we're looking forward to and blah, 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 blah. And it's going to be fun. And that's it. So <laughs> the interest of moving this right along, since we're already talking about the award stuff, let's just jump right into that and then maybe we can double back. Uh, so, Joey, you were saying? Yeah, no, I, I – um made the very conscious decision to spend my winter break not working. Um, so Amen. I am, a, as everyone knows, I'm a teacher, so I do get a, a winter break. Um, so between 
the week of Christmas and the week of New Year's, I had off. So I had two weeks off, which was so, so nice. Um, and I just made the conscious decision, even though I did have like the kids did some final exams and papers and things the week before break, I was like, I need the break. I need the two weeks. I am not going to sit down and spend hours upon hours reading these papers. Now, Joey regrets that decision, but then Joey <laughs> was living. So I spent the two weeks really just like making the conscious decision to, you know, I got Miles Morales for Christmas. So I was been playing that game. Yeah. Uh, which is it's so awesome. I also got Ring Fit. Thanks, Steve, for that suggestion. That is Hell yeah. super fun as well. Um, but I also really sat down and and just read comics, um, which was which was wonderful because we nominated a ton of really awesome, really different stuff this year, stuff that I didn't necessarily have experience with. Um, so I spent the last two weeks really going through the list and, and reading just nonstop. So I actually was able to, for the most part, hit the deadline. Now, this gives me a little bit of more time to read some of the stuff in some of these series that came out like after we nominated them. So like we nominated them and then some of these issues had like a couple, some of these series had like a couple more issues. So I'm able to go back and read um, and maybe revisit some of the things that I, I really liked. So, uh, but no, I, as is always the case, am 100% locked in on all <laughs> of my decisions and nothing y'all say next week is going to sway those choices. You say that every year. I do because I mean it. No, you move your stuff around plenty. I remember last year. Yeah, you were like, I'm oh, actually, I didn't think uh, I was gonna have to do this. Weasel I'm deals, actually, weasel yeah. deals. Yeah, yeah, no, it. that's me. That's also me. So, like, on the one hand, I am 100 percent locked in. On the other hand, I will cut a deal. If I have <laughs> well, this is what I'm saying: is that on Saturday, when you see a little deposit into your bank account, just mm-hmm. you know, it says anonymous, but yeah, you know, yeah. Steve, I'm not voting for Hellblazer. <laughs> oh, snap. Shots I'm just fired. kidding. Actually, Hellblazer was my big surprise in my rereading. You just skipping actually... all through my questions, man. Yeah, I don't really read your questions. Yeah, I really don't care. I really didn't read the outline at all is what you're telling me. Hellblazer was my big surprise. But anyway, Steve, go ahead. Run your show. Run your little show. Run your little show. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, we know where Joey's at for a couple of things. Why don't we check in with Bob? Bob, how are uh, – let me see. Actually, let me go to my outline here. <laughs> Bob, what have you been uh, reading and catching up with lately? Uh, our entire list. And the the thing with that is, honestly, there are, there are books on the list that have been really beyond pleasant surprises in the fact that – I had expectations and they were smashed completely. Nice. Even things I anticipated loving. And I'll just say out loud, impending blindness of Billy Scott wrecked me. Yes. Um, Same though with eat and love yourself. Yes. Just tore me apart. So there are those things. There's some other things that it was the second read reading far sector as a lump. Yeah. Was absolutely incredible. So those are those are big moments. There are a couple of things that I think I'm going to have to read again that didn't hit me in quite the way they do everybody else. So I think it's just now they have the extra week. I can I can do that. And and you know Steve, you mentioned this early on in, in our process. The issue, the idea of you know continuing excellence. Yeah. You know, some of these books have been around a while, and you you read them again, and it's boy, this is even better than I thought. <laughs> this stands out. So. Lots of pleasant surprises, no unpleasant surprises, except that, well, it is 
it was 2020 and getting books in some cases, not as easy. I, it was a struggle for me to get to read dragon hoops. Yeah. Yeah. Did you eventually figure that out, right? Your library helped you out. Well, what happened is I had put, they had ordered it to get the book in stock and they never got it in yet. So I went to the reference ladies at the, at the library and they were always a big help. And well, you can do an interlibrary loan electronically. So I just sat in the library for an hour and a half and took my notes and read the book. And I, I was concerned with my old laptop downloading it to this old computer would fry it. And I didn't want to do that yet. I could, another week I can, but not for right now. But it worked out pretty well. There was a little a glitch here and there. It's a, it's a very long, very long tome, but also very, very good. I... I, you look back on all our lists. I think all our lists have been very good over the years. I think this year is so diverse and so interesting. I am really happy with everything we've yeah. nominated. Yeah, that's mm. actually in my notes for one of the things that we'll be talking about later, uh, the representation and diversity that's in the list. And uh, yeah, but we'll get to that in a little bit. All right, so that's for Bob. Uh, Aaron, how are you doing? This is your first awards and – Rereading and reading for the first time and looking at that list, how are you coping with the uh, dauntitude? Wait, you were supposed to read? Yeah. <laughs> I thought this was like a bingo type thing. No. Oh, okay. I love that. Well, I am focusing right now on, I think I have one more graph. Oh, Dragon Hoops. I have that. I'm wrapping up uh, Slaughterhouse 5 uh, tonight. I will say that. Dracula, mother effer! I think y'all were smoking something because that that is so trippy. Yeah, <laughs> that book is so trippy. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Uh, blue and green. I was like, all right. Um, I really don't want to feel emotions today. So <laughs> why am I reading this? But then I did read. I will say I had to stop with impending blindness for for a minute because I'm like, hmm. all right. I really don't want to be this emotional in the middle of a pandemic right now. <laughs> I'm sitting here, but it was beautiful. So I, I will probably wrap up. I read Diana, Princess of the Amazons. That was cute. Um, but I got a couple more to do um, on that. And then I, after, well, I have one more to do, then I'm going to read Dragon Hoops. And then I think it's just sort of re going through some of the other um, series that I haven't completely read yet. I do. I think I do need to do Hellblazer. I think other than that, I think I'm fine with everything else. Um, so I'll, I'll probably, it'll probably be right up to the wire, depending on how my work situation works out. But it's interesting to sort of, this is probably the first time I have consumed so much content consistently. I'm accustomed to the whole, I get my books, I read them for a couple of days and then I'm probably good you know, for, you know, the next week or so, unless there's something that I'm really trying to get through. This is probably the first time I have consumed so much and so diverse, <laughs> you know, a collection in like one stretch. Uh, and it's been interesting. So um, y'all are crazy. <laughs> it's a marathon, man. It's a lot of content and it's a lot of stuff that is maybe not necessarily your bag, right? Like it's, it's the opinions of multiple people and, and the passions of multiple people. And one of the things that I love about the awards uh, season and, and all the stuff that we do at the end of the year is it does force me 
to read those things that people brought to the show that I, I just hadn't been able to get to yet. And then this is the time of year where all that stuff comes back yeah. and you, your, your job, so to speak, is to read this stuff and to form an opinion on it and experience it and take it in and all of that. And yeah, yeah, I've been having a, I've been having a grand old time. I mean, I'll be honest, like one of the things that I, I don't, I try not to overload myself when it comes to award season. Like I luckily have read a vast majority of the things that have been nominated. So if I've read it recently or, or feel pretty comfortable about it, I tend to maybe leave it till the end to see if I've got time to go back to it. But uh, with regard to to new stuff and, and things that I've been reading lately, uh, this is not a part of the awards, but I ended up reading finally the Department of Truth, which I thought was very cool. Uh, I just finished my reread of Far Sector. I read Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy for our Jody Hauser nomination. Uh, Justice League 1 through 28 that uh, that Aaron had brought to the table for us. Juliet Takes a Breath was another one. Impending Blindness of Billy Scott, of course. Uh, but I will say this. So as far as surprises go for me, Diana Princess of the Amazons. Aww. I love that book. I really enjoyed that book a lot. Like it was... I was in the place for it. I was in the mood. Like when I picked it up, I was like, I want to smile. I want to smile. I want to laugh. And I want to go to Themyscira and I want to have fun. And that book was exactly that and so much more. And it even has like a nice little twist toward the end that I thought about it once. And I was like, no, they're not going to do that. And then they did it. And I was just like, oh, man, like that is so cool. Like if you if you were reading too fast, you would have missed that. And then there it is, and it changes up the story at the end. And I yeah, I really I really really enjoyed that a lot. The young and, Diana you see there, you can see the elements of the Wonder Woman to come. Sharon and Dean Hale did a great job w- with putting out a, a story that is classic, speaks to all those themes, and and makes it. I'm not palatable, makes it easily digestible to a younger audience in a way that still doesn't speak down to them or speaking up up. It just speaks to everybody. Just a lovely yeah. little book. Yeah. I really, I'm so glad that you brought it to the table, Bob. I, I really, really enjoyed it a lot. Uh, we have on our site, we, well, I reviewed it when it came out and not only do we, did I review it? My friend, Angela's daughter, Diana, who is named after Wonder Woman, did her own little review. Her little nine-year-old review is on our site. No. Yeah, that's a great little book. Have you ever read the Hales Squirrel Girl prose novels? I have not. Do yourself a favor. <laughs> they are hysterical, and it's it's young Doreen just having moved to, to New Jersey. And, of course, you know, Hydra's going to take over the mall and stuff like that. It's fun stuff. They're, they're great. That's awesome. I'll have to check those out. Yeah, so the other big standout for me while catching up with the nominees was I decided to sit down and read Excellence. So I read this because Brandon Thomas and Carrie Randolph are nominated for Breakthrough Writer and Breakthrough Artist, respectively. I fell really hard for this series right away. Uh, It reads like a mature YA fantasy novel. It's about a – I don't know if people don't remember. It's about a secret society of black magicians – 
and they're ordered by their unseen masters to better the lives of others. And by others, they mean white people. It's also a story about broken systems and how something you've uh, been conditioned to believe is good and is actually oppressive, dangerous, and it's in need of being torn down from the inside out. This book got me fired up, and it, I I do not understand how this has not been optioned for a television series yet. Right? Siri, dude, Michael B. Jordan's Outlier Society, uh, Society Productions needs to snatch this up. The damn he, character looks like him. He does look <laughs> like him, and I'll admit that that yeah. was one of the reasons why he came to mind. But like, the, I cannot believe that this has not been picked up by somebody yet, or that we haven't even heard. You know, oh, it's been optioned, but now it's in limbo, and we'll see. Somebody needs to get on this and make this into a series. It's got a real uh, deadly class vibe for me. Like, I don't want to. I hate comparing everything to Harry Potter. Uh, especially with J.K. Rowling being such a piece of work. But uh, it's got that magic. It's got this <sighs> subtext upon subtext upon subtext. Would a better comparison be Lovecraft Country? I have not Lovecraft seen that yet. Country. Lovecraft Country's cool, man. Yeah, I'm waiting for the I'm waiting for the Blu-ray box set. I do not have HBO yeah. Max. Uh, middle February, so not too far away. Yes. Yeah, very much looking forward to that. But yeah, uh Excellence is is seriously amazing, and I I'm angry that it wasn't nominated for best ongoing. Talking well, to you, talking Aaron to you, Mr. Tried. Kugler. What's that, Aaron? I'm talking to you, Mr. Kugler. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> but no, go ahead, Joey. Say it. You can say it. Aaron was right. I was going to say Aaron was right. Aaron said. He said. <laughs> yeah. Aaron had said. I just and I, I I don't know, man. Like right away. Right away, I picked that up. I was like, all right, let's check this out. And by like the third page, I was like, oh, yes. And um, what was the other one? Seven Secrets? That was a lot of fun. Yeah. So fun. Yeah, it's a good time too. Yeah, there's 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 some really outstanding books uh, on that list. Juliet Takes a Breath was also uh, mm. a very, very uh, impactful read for sure. All right. Uh, so what we got here, we got a little questionnaire that uh, I threw together for everybody, and we're just going to go through it. Uh, so let me ask you, we already talked a little bit about this, but does anybody have any feelings about the award show being different this year? Like, what do you think of the list that we've come up with overall? It's Joey. not different for me. No, well, that's why I'm going I'm to ask them first. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I actually texted, I think you the other day, right? Maybe I posted it in the, in the other chat, but like, there's a lot of dark magic stuff on the list this year. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. A lot of British stuff, uh, and a lot of dark magic stuff, which is, which is interesting. Um, and hearing y'all talk about Billy Scott, which I had read earlier in the year and, and Julia takes a break, love yourself, uh, black magic, obviously, which I caught up with and. I uh, forgot how awesome that series is. I didn't read the 2020 stuff. Uh, so I read uh-huh. it all again from, from going back to issue one. Um, Die as well, kind of catching up with that. Once yeah. in the future, like all this British stuff or all this magic stuff or all this like really heavy emotional stuff. I mean, you think about where like our heads were at all year. Uh, wow, yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think there's this element of escapism in there. Excellence as well. You know, I think that. Uh, there's there's this element of fantasy, and there's this element of 
science fiction and there's element of high fantasy and all of that stuff that we've always turned to not only for escapism, but for kind of uh, reflecting back on, on what's going on in, in the world. And I think that these books that we've been talking about for years, like black magic and die and once in future and um, writers as well, like Cy Spurrier and, and, and Kelly Sue and things like their work takes on different kind of context in 2020. Um, so kind of reading through these books over the last couple of weeks, it's like, Oh, like these are all connected. <laughs> like justice league, dark <laughs> black magic once in future die. Like, it's like, Oh, they're all. Yeah. Um, and of course there's also the kind of, and then there's the flip side of it all. Like I loved Deadpool. Like oh, I read, yeah. I read Deadpool, which also about monsters and magic. Yeah. So, but anyway, like I read issue one with y'all earlier in the year and I was like, I don't like this. Like this is, this is a Kelly Thompson flop for me. So I stopped reading it and uh, I went back and I reread all of it, not just the volume that was um, nominated for mm-hmm. best story. And I read all of it and I was like, this book is actually a ton of fun. Um, so yeah, I, I great Emma appearance too. Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, I I think that the books that we nominated definitely reflected the zeitgeist of the year, the mood of the year. Um, I think that Billy Scott hit me back in April, June, whenever I read that book, um, because it it made me feel what I needed to feel at that time. Uh, and Julia takes a breath, did the same thing over the last couple of days and slaughterhouse five as well. Like just an amazing kind of reflection on our times, um, as well. So yeah, no, I think it's, I, 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 this list made me think more about how we make our lists every year. Um, and the mood that we kind of come to this award show with and the mood of the books that we read. Uh, Hellblazer is messed up. You know, (laughs) it is a screwed up, dark, twisted book. And it is perfect for 2020 for that that reason. Um, But yeah, no, I I really enjoyed it. Bliss too. Bliss. Oh man. Bliss. Bliss Have you finished Hellblazer? I finished Hellblazer. Yeah, I finished Hellblazer last week. I finished Hellblazer. Like that final issue, right? When all that stuff comes around, and mm. oh, and here's the thing: in the, in the middle of all, we have all this stuff. We we managed to find those things that yes, 2020 was a dumpster fire, obviously. But there are those books with that, the, even in their darkness, is the element of hope, and in the oh, ones, and all of them, right? And and the ones that just really go all in, Adventure Man for instance, hmm. where you're in a you're in a dark place in some place in some elements of it and then all of a sudden it's oh I can see where we're going here and this this gets me to someplace better. And we need some of that too. And uh, that's one of the reasons I look at our list and yes there there are definite themes, but they all interlock and intertwine and give us di- different facets of this diamond that is the comic book world. Mm-hmm yeah, Adventure Man is is next on my list of rereads before Sunday. Oh, so much, so wonderful read together. Did you get the giant edition, the hardcover? I did not. Oh man, uh, the Dodson's art, full size in essence, it's one and a half up. Oh, it's yeah. how they drew it. Uh, uh. I'll pick that up. I gotta. I haven't been to my LCS in weeks uh, because of the pandemic. We're all kinds of closed down 
over here. I mean, I'm sure that they would let me in, but I just haven't been running the risk. I've, I go to the food store and I stay home. Yeah. But yeah, uh, let's see. I mean, this list that we came up with this, you know, this past awards obviously has a couple of influences. I know that Sarah was with us last time that we did the awards, but then there's Mr. Aaron who is with us this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you brought a lot to the list and a lot to that show, those shows, I would say. I absolutely loved seeing your confidence or, or hearing the confidence go up in you as those hours tick by. Because <laughs> by the time we got to that last episode, I was re-listening to, to them the other day. And just like you come out of the gate of that episode ready to just sink your teeth into anybody who tries to cross you. It's amazing. It's like battle scarred. I'm ready. <laughs> oh, so good. And, you know, I think we did a really good job with the abbreviated categories this year, given the situation. I have to admit that I don't necessarily miss the categories that we skipped, but we could always, you know, revisit or add or subtract or whatever uh, next time. And, uh, yeah, I really like watching the names rotate year after year, people that are new, creators that come back. I like seeing the diversity in our list. I really mean that. There's just – for me, these lists or our list at the end of the year is proof positive that there is some very good things being done in comics year after year. You know, we've been on doing this show for a while and for years, we've talked about different creators coming into the fold and offering new characters and new stories and new perspectives and all of that stuff. And we, you know, we championed it, we whined about it, we we put our, you know, planted our feet in the ground and we're like, this is something that needs to happen. And when I look at the list that we got, we are we are getting those things. If you know where to look. Uh, you see a lot of the diversity in comics that exists today. And uh, it's a nice feeling. It's a nice feeling to know that there are creators out there who, despite being kind of pushed down or or to the side, that they're finding those publishers that will, you know, help them tell their stories. And that those things are readily available, whether it be online or in the comic shop. And, uh, you know... I don't know. I always get super reflective when we when we do these award shows because I remember coming to this show doing the very first episode and not knowing a damn thing about comics outside of Batman and Johnny the Homicidal Maniac and look at me now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good. It's good stuff. I'm always thrilled when our lists come out really early in, in the season and we look at some of the other awards, the major ones. And I see our books on them. Yeah. It's not, we're not the Golden Globes as the precursor to the Oscars or anything, because I'm sure they're not paying any attention to us at all. But I, our tastes are, over these years, have become refined, diverse. Even if they started that way, I think they're more diverse than ever. And we're more willing to take chances on odd little things that turn out to be impactful, emotional, brilliant, and not to toot our horn about that, it's it does take some work to do that, but we have so many opinions around here, and they come from so many different directions and experiences 
that it can't help but be this. But I'm always very proud of what we come up with. Indeed. Indeed. So let's see. Something. We already did that. Uh, Let's talk about comic book resolutions going into 2021. Aaron, do you have... Any like comic book goals or anything that you want to do in 2021? Do you do that sort of thing? From a comic book perspective? You know what? I always tell – okay, so I noticed probably a couple years into getting back into comics. Like I don't know what was it, like 10, 12 years ago or something like that when I got back into comics um, that – my friends who had been reading consistently had evolved in a certain way. And I always noticed that right out of the gate, like I would have conversations with people and they would, whereas I was still in my superhero phase, um, in my sci-fi phase, that was just very strong because I was literally, you know, you know, having these images of reading all the characters that were on my lunchbox when I was a kid oh. <laughs> um, and just sort of letting that be the the thing. So many of my other friends were sort of like, or that we're reading was sort of like, well, I just read this graphic novel that, you know, talks about blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, did anyone have a superpower? No, no super. Okay. So one of the things I started doing was trying to force myself to step outside of the DC Marvel box. So that was years ago. So I started doing that and I started reading other, other things. And I think what this sort of award season has sort of motivated me to do was sort of step even further outside of that box um, and evolve, you know, in my reading the way that um, so many of my friends had, you know, that I viewed my friends were having done all those years ago um, and sort of taking in sort of a, a wider range of type of types of content um, that not only sort of spoke to that sort of escapism sort of fantasy thing, but also to the emotional aspect of, of what this medium can bring to it. And I, I hadn't done that in the past, partially because it just didn't seem to be a lot of time, but you know, quarantine has certainly changed that for us to some degree, the bastard, but <laughs> um, yeah, I think I kind of just want to continue to sort of expand the the size of the box that I'm reading from um, and just continue on that path and see what else is out there. Again, I, I had a couple of goals. My goals were sort of very succinct, you know, when it came to reading. Does, is it, does it excite me? Does it, you know, does it look good? You know, does it tell sort of the, the same type? Does it, does it capture me the way that I'm captured when I watch a Jason Bourne movie or when I watch a Lord of the Rings or something like that, where I'm sort of engaged on that fantasy level, but also having read a lot of the books that we're talking about and other books that I've, you know, decided to read probably because I was doing the show, um, you know, sort of expanded those, that criteria. It's, it's, it's made that criteria list a little bit longer. How, how does it speak to me from a representation perspective? How does it speak to me on an emotional level? Um, what is, what is, what am I taking away from it? What is it, what is it trying to sneak in subversively by hiding it behind some sort of fantasy, all those things sort of, um, you know, just growing, I guess, as a reader, that's about it. (laughs) That's awesome, man. Bob, how about you? Do you have any, uh, any resolutions for 2021? I am going to have to agree with Aaron. I need to go farther afield. I think I am much more than I was years ago. But I'm looking at my March pull list, which has a total of 12 things on it. And a couple of them are onesies. So there there are holes that I need to fill for reading. So I'm going to count on you guys and Sarah to help me 
find those things early instead of having to wait till the end of the year to read things like <laughs> the impending blindness of Billy Scott. It is it is hard. There there are a lot of changes in the industry. A lot of books that were supposed to come out that didn't. Things that may never see the light of day, though. Uh, America Chavez is finally on the schedule for March, which I'm look, very much looking forward to. Hmm. But just as with Aaron, I, I need to be. I need to broaden my horizons. I think we over the years we all have, and that's part of the process we've all gone through as, as readers. So many of the things that are the norm, the big two norm, we've 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 all. I've been reading since the '60s. You fellas, not so, but long enough that we've all seen generations of these characters and the same stories are starting to recycle. Even even if someone's only reading ten years, we I've seen that already. <laughs> or oh, they're gonna ki- they're gonna kill Superman again. Oh, I've not seen that forty seven times. So, I go but, go go, Steve. If I could just interrupt just for yeah. one second, because this is so. Uh, we could maybe talk about it a little bit later, but I picked up a few of the Future State books, and I opened up Wonder Woman, and the very first thing that I see is, I guess, this Justice League Future State thing, and it goes. To save the world, they must defeat <laughs> themselves. Oh. And I just, I did the biggest eye roll when I read that. I was like, oh boy, here we go. The same old song. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, but go that, ahead. That just, is, I just, yeah, go ahead. I agree, agreed. And that is, uh, I, Brian Verderosa, one of our original hosts, his dad and I speak once a week. And he, he does subscriptions, DC books. He still wants real books. He does have lots of digital stuff. But he wants to get real books. And he's changing some of his subscriptions around because Superman, dead again? No, sorry. He, Bendis left. He left with him. And he's now moving his books around to the Batman family and trying some other things. But yeah, I get it. You know, John Byrne used to talk about a comic book generation, which he described as seven years. That in the old days, that's that's how publishers thought of books. You had readers for seven or eight years, and then they moved on to real books or television or stopped reading comics entirely, and you had a new set of people. That math has definitely changed for readers because they're older and older readers, and they're, but there are new readers coming in who are not being served well by these big two companies based on, again, my own little pull list. So... There's a lot of great stuff out there, folks, and you do have to dig a little bit, and you have to check reviews and listen to our podcast, and we'll help you out. <laughs> Joey, how about you? You got any 2021 resolutions? My resolution is definitely to write down the books that I read. <laughs> <laughs> it because helps. I know y'all keep talking about it every year, and I'm like, I'll do it. I'm not going to do it, but it's a resolution. <laughs> um, I still got to finish my Shang-Chi uh, uh, read. I'm, I'm moving through the old stuff, uh, hopefully in time for the movie, which would be great. So it gives me a few months. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that it's hard because I'm all digital, right? I don't have a shop, so... I, I really have no excuse to not kind of dive into some of these other publishers and such. I did get DC Universe for the first time. I'm subscribed now. They got the DC Universe Plus thing coming out or whatever it's called, Unlimited 
infinite, whatever. <laughs> um, so I'm really excited to, to continue diving deeper and deeper into that universe. Cause I, I just don't have the experience with them, um, with those characters as much as I do with the Marvel stuff. Um, but I'm really excited about that because just in the last month, having DC universe, I've read more Superman, more justice league, justice league dark, obviously. Um, and action comics and stuff. And I just, I'm just reminded how much I love these characters. So I think while, while Bob and Aaron, you're talking about kind of like leaving those characters behind for a little bit and then stepping outside and, and looking someplace else. I I definitely want to dive into a universe that I don't have a lot of experience with. Um, I've read the crises, so I know when all of them break, uh, (laughs) but, but I, (laughs) I, I don't know the stories in, in between. Um, so yeah, no, I, I think that's, that's mainly where I am and writing down the books that, that I read. That's, I should, I should just do it. It's, I don't understand why I don't. <laughs> it's, it's easy. I look, I carry, I know it's easy. I carry little index cards around with my pull list for each week. So I actually go into the store with, and so yeah. I can clip them together and I've got a year's worth of, here's what I bought this year. Well, see now that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, all you got to do is make a Google document, title it Comics of 2021, and then date it or or don't date it. You know, you just write them all down, keep them in alphabetical order, and uh, bold the stuff that you really like. That sounds a lot harder. What? Oh. <laughs> all right. I, I also – I keep a – I haven't done it yet because we're only a week into the year – I print out for myself a blank categories sheet and I already will start writing things in. So I remember I really like this in January because by the time we get to November, who who can remember even what you felt about it necessarily, unless you look Mm -hmm. at it again and say, Oh yeah, I remember that. So I have to come back to that and read that again. So on and so forth. I started doing that this year and then went back and I was like, Oh, I'm like, you know, I'm, I got one leg in already, and then it was all single issues. <laughs> I, was, I was like, oh, man, remember that X-Men issue that we loved with Gene and Emma? Oh, and the, giant the size, yeah. Russell Dowderman artwork. Yeah, classic. Yeah. Classic gem. Um, oh, I and one other thing, too, is uh, I – last year in particular – because I did, I ran that seminar with with uh, the seniors uh, on comics, and I did a, a few kind of more academic things. I really want to get more into like academic stuff around comics. I got a, a wonderful book for for Christmas that's been on my Amazon list for years about like just narrative structure in in comics medium, and I'm just like, I love this stuff. Like I get I get riled up about like that kind of nerdy, like academic stuff about the medium. So like, I, I want to read more stuff like that. I think that's also on my list. That's for you, Carolyn. There you go. <laughs> and, and for S.E. Hinton, the hell with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. So let's see, for me, I, uh, I want to make, you talk about making lists. I want to make a better list this year. I think I might have to tap our friend, Sarah and find out what her breakdown is because I want more information in my list. Like I've already screwed up by last night. <laughs> like I, la- the last time I made my list, I put red during awards and then everything else that I read throughout the year was came after that. 
but I noticed that I had I already put December at the top, and here we are in January, and I never made the delineation <laughs> between the months, and so I just put a slash next to December and wrote January, January next to yes. it. That's a, that's how you do. <laughs> just whistled away. Do 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 do. So um, the rest of the year. I will break up into months so that I can know what I've read month to month. But uh, I mean, some that could actually, yeah, you know what? That might not be a great idea now that I think about it. Why? That might um, because, not be a great idea? Because it's what? That might not be a great idea? I know because usually what I do and what works out really well is I will just list the series and the number of issues that I've read of it. So, but it's all in one place. And I know that that's completed. If, things are broken up throughout the months and I have to look through every month to see which ones I've read and then put them together at the end. That's, that's not going to work out for me. That's a work that I'm not willing to do. <laughs> so you're, you're really making the, making a comics list thing seem like a real, real good time. I will send you, <laughs> I will share my list from last year with you when you see how easy it is just to write the stuff down in alphabetical order every couple of weeks and just add to your list and then bold the stuff that stands out to you at the end of the year. There you go. It is so helpful. It's so helpful. So I want to, I want more information in my comics of 2021 list that I keep throughout the year. I want that to be something that helps me even more the next time that we do this. Uh, I really want to tighten up my spending habits. Okay. I buy way too many comics. <laughs> he's saying that like he's chastising us. Like it's our fault. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Like on, I, I think a lot of us listeners included, I think we all do this. You know, we feel an obligation to the show. We feel an obligation to stay connected to this stuff, to keep, you know, the lightning rounds kind of fresh when we can, read the new number ones, get a taste of something that, you know, might be amazing. And if we don't check it out, then we've missed out and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, uh, I, but I need to, I need to get better. I need to stop buying things that I'm not reading. I have this, I love like when I decide to read something and all of a sudden I'm like, oh man, I collected all of that. It's right here already. Like it's waiting for me. But the, Money expenditure, st- money that could be going toward something else, trying something else or trying a recommendation of something that somebody brought to the show. And so instead of buying, I don't know, one of the Sandman books and it's like issue number nine and I haven't read it since four, you know, maybe I hold off on it for a little while and then spend that money on on somebody else or something that I saw advertised on Twitter or whatever. I follow a lot of comic books people and I'll be damned if they don't get me to pick up a few things every now and again. Sometimes I'll buy something just because I couldn't get away from it for months. That happened with homesick pilots. Number one, which was actually pretty damn cool. Uh, I'll probably talk about that or bring that up again when the second issue comes around. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I read that over the break as well. Uh, let's see. I want to start paying attention to previews. One of the things that Sarah's got me on, and I've been meaning to do this, is she does the lists for her her LCS that she works at. And so, 
you know, and Bob, I believe you you look at the previews as well, and you go in and you find out what's coming out months ahead of time. I want to start doing that again because I want I miss getting excited about books that have yet to come out. You know, this whole year it was whatever showed up on when I'm making my list for the end of each episode and I'm putting that together. That's the only time when I actually know that something's coming out. If I don't see it on Twitter first, or I'm like, Oh, I guess it's, I guess we're in April. And that thing that I was excited about all those months ago, it starts tomorrow. I want to know ahead of time, three months ahead of time so that I can get pumped for things and have things to look forward to uh, in the new year. That was something that was missing from my 2020 uh, just because of all the distractions. And I want to get back to that. Uh, last but not least, certainly, uh, I have site-related things that I want to get done. Uh, Jess and I have been talking behind the scenes. We're looking to get some new artwork for the site. And uh, we were moving on it, and then things kind of slowed because she got super busy and things got dire with the pandemic and everything like that. And so we've decided to push that back a little bit. But definitely in the new year, I want to give the site a little bit of a spit shine. I want to create a new Patreon for our longtime listeners and people that might want to throw a little bit our way so that we can maybe get ourselves some better equipment or do some other things with the site. And I really want to set up a store. Like, selfishly, I want a Talking Comics coffee mug. I want a T-shirt. I, yeah, t-shirt, T-shirts are cool, and we will definitely have T-shirts, but I want that coffee mug, man. Look, the only reason it. I'm still on the show is because I don't have any kind of, like, shirts or hats or anything to show that I'm on the show. <laughs> so once I get those things, You're gone? I'm gone. So if y'all don't want me on the show anymore, Patreon, get me a shirt, I'll be gone. <laughs> I see how it is. I see where your loyalties are. I'm just kidding, but I really do want a t-shirt like real bad. Yeah. T-shirts. I mean, if this pandemic keeps going masks, like the ladies of Valhalla have, I mean, a hoodie. I mean, that might be a little bit ambitious or expensive, but we'll see. Underwear. Some sweatpants, some boxers, talking comics, boxers, TC boxers. Yeah. But I'd like to, I, you know, start small, maybe have like three or four items, Briefs? And just see what happens. See if people are interested. See if they buy stuff. And if it takes off or or if we, you know, get some money coming in from it, we'll reevaluate things and, and go from there. But, I mean, we've been around for a long time. And the idea that we don't have some of the, the very basics of podcasting 101 and site 101 is is something that I am completely aware of. And I'm hoping to change uh, some, you know, uh, throughout the course of 2021. So those are some of my resolutions. I think we, I think we have an outstanding cast, you know, uh, Aaron becoming a part of the show this past year, John guesting every couple weeks, Sarah being with us bi-weekly and, you know, the three old crones. Of talking comics, <laughs> still right, us from around. Macbeth. Yeah, we're we're hanging out with the yeah with the, the Hecate cauldron. of When shall comics? we three meet again? again. <laughs> <laughs> Thunder, lightning, or in Ren. <laughs> I could do the whole Macbeth for you right now. Um, save it for the Patreon. <laughs> save it for the OnlyFans. Hey. All right. Uh, speaking of 2021. 
Let's talk about some movies and series super quick. So now you'll have to forgive me. I'm not super familiar with what DC has on offer in terms of series coming out. I know that the CW plans to launch a few things. They talked about Naomi. I don't know if that's coming in 2021. Uh, Batwoman is coming back for a second season with uh, Javicia Leslie in the role. And, uh, but beyond that, I mean, did, did, uh, what was that show? Something Justice, the good one, the animated one. Young Justice? Yes. Did Young Justice come back yet? No, there was a season four coming, but okay. it hasn't come back yet. So we'll get that. Uh, I would imagine Titans is probably still going. I have no idea what state, uh, Doom Patrol is in at this point. I would like to see them announce some stuff. There are rumors about the new Wonder Woman? Yes, yes, that's true. Nothing but rumors, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yara possibly getting... No, wait, no, isn't... She is getting a series. Wonder Girl. Wonder Girl is getting a series. Wonder, okay, okay. The future state Wonder Woman as a younger character is getting a series. Interesting. So okay. Yara, whatever her name is, she's going to be a Brazilian Wonder Woman. But they actually had the the write up. It was like a few weeks ago, several weeks ago, where they gave the background as to, and it was interesting because they were talking about it because they said this is probably one of those rare occasions where a character gets a a greenlit series without the first issue of her comic being yeah. <laughs> on the stand. So yeah, that's what's happening. So wow. the comic is going to be adult Wonder Woman. The show is going to be Wonder Girl, but based on her. Nice. Okay. I'm in. Yeah. Uh, Bob, did you get to read the Wonder Woman Future State yet? Yes. I I like it a lot. And I'll say this. Joel Jones, yeah. who is in the upper tier of artists in this in this industry, has somehow found another level. I know, right? The facial uh, expressions in this issue are yeah. incredible. Yeah. Well, again, it's a dream team of Joel Jones, Jordi Belair, and Clayton Cowles. Mm-hmm. That's the the letters on it are really good. I I just want to throw that out yeah, there. I, yeah. I was reading it and I was like, yeah, Gerald Jones, so amazing. Jordy Bell, yes, yeah, so amazing. But then I was like, because I had just read Future State Batman and Future State Superman right before, and then I was like, but these letters though, <laughs> like they are they're different. And I I really yeah, I really liked. I that was a, that was a really fun issue. But we'll talk. I I have a lot of thoughts on Future State, but Steve, I'll cede the floor back to you. <laughs> Maybe He's like, we'll, do maybe your little we'll show. Save, maybe we'll save that so we can all get in on that conversation when uh, for after the award stuff. Uh, I was going to bring up more of it tonight, but uh, I don't know. We'll we see. can do it tonight, but uh, I want to talk about the series. Yes. All right. So, well, let's let, let's do let's do it in order of that I, I got here. So, as far as DC films that are supposed to come out in 2021, we got Zack Snyder's Justice League the four-part event coming to HBO Max in March. Now, let me ask you a question, because I I actually don't know. Is this going to be weekly, or is it just going to be split into four, excuse me, four chapters, but, like, released all at once? I have not heard either way. Yeah, Yeah, neither have I. And it's, like, my job to know this stuff. (laughs) What was I, that could, I was like, I'm trying to figure out which version I care about less. I don't know. I could see them, to be honest, I could see them doing it either way. I, I don't think HBO really does the weekly thing uh, like Disney does, Disney Plus does. Um, however, 
I could also see HBO being like, well, it works for Disney, so maybe we'll try it for for Zack Snyder's HBO. Um, I hope not. No, I honestly think they'll do it. I I think if you said this to me two weeks ago, I probably would have said something different, but I think now they will do it um, weekly only because the numbers that they are looking at for Wonder Woman have been huge. And I think they'll probably try to recapture that, repeat that over and over and over again. Yeah. Because the drop off in the second week was was bad. Yep. It always is in theaters too. But yeah, I could see them do it, especially if it's like eight hours long. Right. You, you get a second week, in essence, a second premiere that whatever shows are on before and after it, let's say, maybe people are on the channel and say, oh, I'll watch that while I'm here. And all those views got to help. So yeah, I'm with you. I think they'll split it. I'll tell you right now, I love it when they do this for The Mandalorian. I really don't want them to do it for Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah, because then you just have to like keep coming back. I go back every day, five days a week, and I just want that thing to come out. I want it to satisfy who it's meant to satisfy, and then I want it to go away. Those are my thoughts. Uh, The other things that we have are the Suicide Squad, James Gunn's redux of Suicide Squad. And, I mean, this is my most anticipated thing from DC movie-wise coming out this year. Agreed. Uh, The other movie coming out, supposedly, is Black Adam. It's supposed to to drop in December. I don't think that's happening. I think that movie will be delayed, regardless of it going to HBO Max or in theaters or both. I think that movie will be delayed. They haven't even they haven't even like began production on that yet. No way, that's not happening until twenty twenty two, if at all. Is Suicide Squad going HBO Max? Yes, I thought they said everything is going HBO Max. Nice. No, I like that. I like that. I like that. That will be like literally the same day. I thought. And, and it, yep. but now, what about the David Ayer cut of the first Suicide Squad? That's a thing now, too, apparently. That is um, not happening that yet. Is not <laughs> thing. He is continuing to try and get it up off the ground. There are even people that are, are trying to help him. But uh, Warner Brothers has not – I, I has, no, they're, they're not, not said anything official. Okay. They're not interested in that. And again, I think we, we talked about it on the show when they announced the Snyder Cut thing. But like I, the Snyder Cut – whatever what have you with the Snyder cut it's 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 its own thing i as i said when when they announced it when they announced it i went back and i watched the Joss Whedon Justice League and there was a small part of me that was like wow this movie really got butchered in 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 the second take right uh, by you know you, you had to bring on it for personal reasons and and the like and 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 what have you bring on Joss Whedon really just proved to be a, a, a terrible terrible thing for that movie. Um, so a small part of me was like you know what I get it like I get it there is a kind of quote unquote director's cut of this movie that is probably leaps and bounds different than than what the the the, the truck fire that that <laughs> the, the dumpster fire that was put out. Uh, that's not the case with fricking Suicide Squad, number one. <laughs> Even if the studio intervened and they recut his movie as is, bro, like, you were still there. Like, it was, you didn't have somebody else come in and do your movie. Like, no, you were there doing the press. It was all you. 
get out of here. And Warner Brothers <laughs> is like, no, bro, we're not giving you a director's cut. Nobody liked your movie. We didn't even want to make that movie. And they got a new version of it coming out. Yeah. Egg frickin' exactly. <laughs> like, why go back and do the air cut when you've already got your new Suicide Squad and your Peacemaker spinoff with John Cena that you're launching, I think, alongside the movie. Yeah. Also on there, HBO Max. And there's no way that the David Iyer su- sni- uh, the David Iyer cut of Suicide Squad is going to make me want to watch that <laughs> version of the Suicide Squad again. Yeah. Like, I, again, there is a there is a part of me that actually wants to watch the Snyder Cut. And I know that yeah. that is not a, a popular take or what have you uh, for most circles. And, and again, there is a kind of there is a social element to the Snyder Cut thing that is disgusting and terrifying. And I am totally like that mm-hmm. is awful. But the film itself, again, same thing with some of these other director's cuts that we've had in the past that have really kind of improved on the film. Um, I'm interested to see it. Do I think I'm going to see it and be like, wow, this is the best thing ever? Absolutely not. Like the, that, that franchise had problems long before. But I do want to see – I am excited to see um, the kind of culmination of that version of that universe as was intended um, and so that we can then, like you said, be done with it. <laughs> so I think you make a very good point because I, I, I do see this happening or coming up a lot. I feel as though – when we say, or when anyone says, you know what, I'm not looking forward to the Snyder Cut. I'm probably not going to watch it, blah, 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 blah. I feel like we can just say a hard stop right there and call it a day. But for some reason, that's being perceived as, I, I see anyway, people literally coming down hard on one side or the other. Like, if you say you're not going to see it, it's almost like you're t- you're saying that you don't want the world to see it. And I'm like, I'm... I don't really give a rat's ass who sees it. I'm just telling you that I'm not going to, you know, you know, kill myself to watch it, but you, you know, knock yourself out, sit there in your underwear all day and watch, watch that damn. (laughs) I don't care. But you know, so I think we just need to make that clear saying that we are probably not excited about it is not shitting on someone else's, you know, good time. Yeah. Have live your best life watching the Snyder cut. If that's what you need to do, if that's what you want to do, if that's what you love, do it. No one's telling you not to. I am in a unique position, maybe not so unique, but I'm I'm in the Snyder Cut business every day that I go to work, right? And I've written countless articles about this. And so I'm coming from a place where every time that Zack Snyder coughs, people need to write about it. And I'm just I will I will totally watch it. I will try to keep as open a mind as possible. I am just so sick and tired and exhausted and drained by the discourse around this movie. And when I say that I just want it to come out and I just want it to go away, I, I, I want the people that are looking forward to enjoying it to enjoy it. And then I will have my own thoughts. Maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised and I welcome that opportunity. But other than that, I just want to move on. Totally. Yeah. I, I just want to move on. I think that the Suicide Squad, James Gunn's kind of one-off, I think is going to be a nice little R-rated romp, palate cleanser, jolt right after, you know? And I I think that that'll be the real test to see if this DCEU Warner Brothers thing actually has legs. Because as y'all talked about with Wonder Woman last week, um, 
uh, there it it's it there it's like it's like sputtering and there's like there's some great things and then there's some promising things and then they're still trying to get their footing on some things and and we'll see how it goes. Um, I heard some stuff about like Batgirl and and Michael Keaton. Oh uh, yeah, like a ton of like rumors too. and news and stuff. Yeah, so mm-hmm. like, hey, there's a lot of promising things coming out. I think that the Snyderverse, the Snyderverse, the Snyder Cut thing is going to be i don't think it's hoping it will be i think it's going to be a nice like all right we're done let's move oh, on oh so um, warner brothers is saving all the black people for static shock okay now i got it <laughs> oh now i got it okay we're i love i well, i don't love i'm i'm being ridiculous when i say this but uh when that news came out about batgirl and static shock i think it was uh, hamada walter hamada the uh dc films president basically referred to them as risky properties. Oh, and that's why really? they were being that, yeah. to HBO Max was because they weren't there with more more modest budgets because they're they're smaller, riskier, quote unquote. And well that pissed me off. It well, pissed Mr. me off right. to quote it and it pissed me off that I really couldn't just launch into my own thing on my own article. Well here's Go here's ahead, the thing Bob. to launch you. Mr. Hamada, have you ever heard of like Iron Man? Mm-hmm. Thor, Captain America, Marvel didn't have their A characters when they started their universe and made their B characters into A characters. It's right. well, good I properties. Mean, but th- those were risks. You also have Captain Marvel and Black Panther, which crossed a billion dollars. Yeah, well, like- <laughs> I got into those eventually, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just, it's, I, I, I don't know. I, I there, We'll see. We'll see. I think that this year, I think you have. I do read the outline, Steve. Uh, I, think you, I think you have. A, I think you have a question on here about like, Lies. do you think any of these films and TVs will actually get off the ground? And and I, I think that like, yeah, I, I I think Batgirl and Static Shock and these movies. I think they have to. I think if they don't, then there's no there's no future for a DC film universe. Without those things, no, like can't you can't be, just keep. You can't keep bringing back Bat, Michael Keaton as Batman, Superman, right? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like that is not that is not a future for your franchise or for this for this for your for your uh, films, right? Batgirl, Static Shock, that Cyborg movie that Ray Fisher was like, "Where the hell's my movie?" Like that, like those are the kinds of things that, like, yeah, do that. Take those like quote unquote risks, whatever you want to call them. Like without that, I, I don't know. 2021 for right now, I think is just going to be like 2020, a kind of a holding pattern. And we're going to see these movies on HBO max and Disney Marvel might release their movies in the theaters or Disney plus or whatever. But I'm more interested in what movies get produced and go into production and what announcements get made about some of these actors and directors and writers for the 2022, 2023, 2024 to see if these if these universes have legs, that's what I'm interested in. I think that's what we're going to see in 2021. So I remember years ago, there was a conversation on this show. I actually kind of believe it was Bobby or someone who was saying it about there being this just sort of onslaught of, of comic book movies and comic book properties, you know, you know, are they just coming out or, you know, sort of just being thrown out, you know, because they know that this is a, a, a genre that is going to attract people almost sight unseen. I think we are, we have crossed, gone over that hump now, and I think people are saying, "Okay, it's it's great that you are yanking these characters out of, you know, in some places obscurity, in some places just recycling them again." But now we're gonna we're gonna hold you to them being good movies, 
Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not enough to slap a character that everyone knows, you know, on a big fancy poster and a, you know, bright, shiny costume and all those things and giving you all the superhero poses and the great places, you know, the great snippets of the movie that, you know, should wet your whistle and get you all moist and ready to go into the, you know, and do all kinds of naughty things, but whatever. Um, You now have to give me a good freaking movie that I will want to see again, because how many times are you going to lure an audience into a theater only to have them to, to take their money and have them come out irate and heading straight to Twitter, you know, to let you know exactly how they feel. You know, they recognize now that this is what's happening. And I mean, if that wasn't the case, I don't think we would be having these conversations about the Snyder Cut. I don't think we, because I don't think we would care. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I, I think 10 years ago, we would have, honestly, I think pre-Iron Man, we might have taken Justice League and been like, that is awesome. Oh, yeah. Post-Iron Man and that whole MCU, we're like, you motherfuckers got to up your game. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's kind of where we are right now. The problem is Marvel continued to up their game. No one else did. And that's unfortunate. Well, no one else. I'm sorry. When I say no one else, I mean DC. Warner Brothers. Yeah. Warner Brothers didn't. You well, know. and it, Marvel's been operating in-house, even under mm-hmm. the even under the Disney kind of umbrella. They're still operating as their own studio. And every story we hear out of Warner Brothers, Patty Jenkins coming out a couple of weeks ago and being like, hey, remember Wonder Woman? Third act? Wasn't me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like uh, uh, there's there's a ton of stuff about about um, kind of the, the studio coming in at the end and, and, and reworking or asking for different things and whatever you want to say about that. Like Marvel's been able to in-house kind of cultivate and, and do their own thing, which is part of the reason why it is – very impressive that they've been able to be like, no Disney, we're not putting Black Widow on the on Disney Plus. Like, like I, it is still shocking to me that it hasn't been yep. released yet. But you know, um, go ahead. But you know what else they did though? They committed. They committed to their movies. They committed to where they wanted to end up. They committed to, and don't get me wrong. There, I I won't say that I loved every single Marvel movie that came out as part of the MCU. Um, the same. But I love that it's still committed to the cause. You know, it committed to where it wanted to end up. And each movie having, you know, uh, I think at a certain point they probably realize, okay, this is going to make money because it's a part of it's it's on the train and the train is moving and there's nothing going to stop the train. But you could you couldn't have had that, you know, belief early on. But they committed. They committed to having a shared universe, this connectivity, and even when things maybe didn't you know, hit as, as hard as they would have expected it to hit out of the gate, they still moved forward. Um, and so in the end, you see this collection. And even for those things that maybe didn't speak to everyone the way others, you know, spoke to everyone, or maybe didn't get everyone as, you know, you, you know, on Twitter, you know, a flutter as much as some others, in the end, they fall into that whole family of movies and they are exalted that same way. Yeah. DC didn't, Warner Brothers didn't do that. Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers, I believe, attempted to jump on the train or jump on a Marvel train and sort of pick up halfway through the stops, you know, and sort of try to, you know, give you the cliff notes of this universe and try to get you to that end point to sort of get that anticipation and get that excitement going. But you, it just wasn't there because we didn't like the first stop. We <laughs> didn't really like the second stop. 
The third stop didn't really do much for us. The fourth stop, yay, but that really wasn't enough because we hate the previous three shops were shitty. Um, and so then you want us to, you know, show up in droves and, you know, love and exalt this project when you haven't given us a reason to think that we would. Yeah. You know, you rushed it. You rushed it. You tried to get to the finish line too fast. And for a company that has 80 years of content of incredible stories, all you had to do was pick one. Yeah. The greatest characters of all time in this medium, and they've managed to not do well by them consist- consistently. pick one storyline, whether it's a crisis book, whatever. Just, just pick it. You know, and then just go from there and then just play it out. Let it play out through the various movies. All the, the Trinity is in all of the, all those crises. Let it play out. You could have even rolled in, you know, if you picked crisis on whatever, whatever, final crisis. You could have rolled in all the previous movies. You could have rolled in Keaton. You could have rolled in and have them all been a part of a different universe. And so, you know, so you but you rushed it so you know i think that's now where the, it becomes a game of getting credibility back and i think people are sort of like well i could just go to disney plus and watch all the other marvel movies again <laughs> marvel also brought on board lots of interesting creators some of whom you would have thought had no business making a superhero movie and they all were allowed to make their kinds of movies but still beholden to that unifying vision you're talking about, Aaron. And they all do fit together in their own ways, even if they're varied in tone, varied in subject, varied in genre in some instances. They have a cohesive universe that when you you can bring in Paul Rudd's Ant-Man from his light caper Ant-Man movies and throw mm-hmm. him into Endgame, and the character works. Mm-hmm. There's something that's that's in, in the water over there and the way they've, they've made people hew to what they're doing. And yet none of their movies seem like cookie cutters. Where a DC movie, you always get the brown-orange third act sort of, oh, here's a CGI fight. Yeah, great, thanks. And no gravity. Like, where is the gravity? Yes. I don't understand. I mean, like, literal gravity, not like the right. gravitas. Yes. I mean, like, actual literal gravity. Do y'all think... That Black Widow and Shang-Chi are coming out this year? Yes. Those two, yes. Maybe late, late in the year, but I think we will see it when theaters reopen come the vaccine being nationwide, which we're talking about April, May. And Eternals, too, isn't it? Isn't, is Eternals November or is it I think it, was, I think it was November at, yeah. last, at last call. But if everything else gets pushed back, that may get pushed back into the February 2022. I wouldn't be surprised if Disney makes some kind of an exception for Black Widow and ends up just putting it in theaters and uh, doing the $30 uh, gating for that movie on Disney+. Plus. I just, I mean, May is a good ways out, but until the New York and California markets are are up and running – it's they're going to lose money right Right now here on Long Island, which is dotted with giant multiplexes. Three of them are open. Mm. Yeah. And that's not nearly enough. Not enough screens. Even if you load it up, people are not going to the movies yet. Numbers here are not good. So they're better than most other places, but they're not good right now. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not putting too much stock in the, theaters coming back in 2021 in any kind of big way 
even with the vaccine going around, you're going to have anti-vax people. You're going to have, you know, every now and again, a, a little crop of, of COVID will probably pop up. Maybe it will be eradicated by the end of, of 2021. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I just, after the year we've had and the continued stupidity into 2021 so far, um, I'm not holding my breath. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the, uh, why don't we, why, why don't we, because this is where we start to lose some people. Why don't we go back to the list? <laughs> We're already talking about the MCU movies. Let me just go through the list really quick. There's Black Widow, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Twelve Rings, Morbius. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, Venom, wow. Let Bleh. There Be Carnage. Bleh. I enjoyed the first Venom. It's dumb and I had fun with it. Uh, and then there's Spider-Man 3, which Yay. we don't know the full title of yet. Of all of those movies that are coming out, the ones that I'm looking forward to the most are Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Twelve Rings and whatever the third Spider-Man movie is going to be called. Now, wait, maybe it's Spider-Man 3 because it has three Spider-Mans in it. No, nah, it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be Spider-Man Home something. Oh. Homecoming. Yeah. They already did that. Oh. They got Homecoming, Far Home From Alone, Home, Spider-Man 3 Home Alone. And Spider-Man 3 Home Alone 2. I don't know. Spider-Man Group Home. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That, Spider-Man Group Home would be quite hilarious. Uh, it's going to be home something for sure. When they, are, when they arrest his ass for killing, uh, what's his name? That's where he's going to end up. Jonah? <laughs> no, what's oh, his Mysterio. face? Mysterio. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, Mysterio? we're going to have to go through all the Spider-Man drama again with who owns what part of him and how much hmm. are they willing to share and how much is it going to cost? I, I don't know when those contracts are up, but I'm I'm sure it's after that movie. Or at least some renegotiations will be in order. But uh, we'll see. Uh, Joey, you're obviously Shang-Chi is your number one with a bullet. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited for that movie. Simu uh, Liu posted a, a little a little uh, martial arts reel over over nice. winter break, which was which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I'm excited for that one. I don't. I'm going to be. Uh, Spider-Man. Say I'm it. not excited for. I, I will. I'm, I'm more curious will, than I am excited. Yes, yes. After Far From Home, which didn't really land for me, I I really liked Homecoming. Um, I will never forget when Michael Keaton opened that door. Yes. And oh my God, the oh uh, that was the scene in the car I, that goes with it afterwards. I yeah. lost my mind. Um, that movie I, I really liked. Far From Home fell flat for me. I, I'm sure Spider-Man three is going to be some fun multiverse stuff, uh, but it doesn't have me as excited as as Shang Chi. And I'm going to be honest, I'm really excited for Black Widow, and I've been excited for Black Widow since yeah. it was supposed to come out last year. Like, I love the character. I love the peripheral characters that they were going to introduce in that movie as well. Um, so that was a movie that I was actually really excited for. Morbius, I couldn't give two hoots about. <laughs> Venom, same thing. Steve, I know you loved it. My old roommates loved that movie <laughs> yeah. too. I, I They loved that movie so much. I got them the Blu-ray for it. I was like, get this out of my hands. I don't want it. I love it. it because it's so stupid. It's so dumb. I just, and Tom Hardy is the actor that everyone loves and I can never understand 
and I he's such I a just, whack job in that movie when he's I in the friggin' know. tank with I the know, lobsters and he's sweating I, all over the place and just eating I, them raw. Come on, I, I totally get it. I get it. I get it. I don't need to see it again. Um, so <laughs> no, uh, Black Widow and Shang Chi are the two for me. I'm really interested to see that one as well. Um, but I'm with you, Steve. I just don't. I don't see theaters opening in any real capacity in 2021. And with that in mind, I'm really concerned about these films seeing the light of day anytime soon. Yeah, I just passed an article here saying that uh, AMC, here it is, AMC Entertainment has raised $200 million of seven, $750 million needed to survive covid Quote, we're not there yet. That was the CEO of AMC. They are scrapping, sadly. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not me celebrating this in any way. I I love the, I love going to the movies. I just don't feel safe going to the movies anymore. Uh, at least not right now. But this is terrible. Like this is going to the theater is one of the cornerstones of society, getting the the family together, getting friends together, you know, going on dates, doing whatever, going by yourself, you know, just seeing something on the big screen, the big sound system, reacting to it with a crowd, moaning a little bit when people who obviously didn't watch the trailer still find that one part you've seen a thousand times funny. Um, (laughs) Just the whole thing. It means a lot to a lot of people. Yeah. And And it's really sad to go ahead. And let's expand that too. There are, there are some, parts of bills that are finding a way through the houses of Congress that the entire entertainment industry needs some help. That's Broadway theaters. That's live music venues. That's comedy clubs. That's all sorts of places that have had no audience for a year in essence. Yeah. Need to be bailed out a little bit. We need to save those things as well as we do some of this other stuff we think about. I also think that, because Disney Plus, you're definitely going to get WandaVision. You're definitely going to get Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You're definitely going to get Loki. You're definitely going to get What If. I could see Disney Marvel being like, we could sit on Black Widow. We could sit on Shang-Chi. We can sit on um, Doc Strange and, and Spider-Man because we got all these other things that are keeping the universe and the franchise fresh mm-hmm. in viewers' yeah, minds. Point. People will subscribe. These movies aren't necessarily part of, uh, 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 we don't like, we don't know what the ongoing story, we don't know what phase four is about. So like, Oh, it doesn't matter if we see these movies in right. whatever time yeah. frame they want. They're not time except, sensitive. Right. Except I think with the multiverse movie, Doctor Strange and Spider-Man, which they are, which are the later movies in this line of films, right? So, right. Well, I think that I think Disney Marvel does not feel any rush to get these movies out because they have other things coming up that are going to keep the franchise in viewers' minds. Right, and Sony has actually come forward saying that they won't release any of their movies in theaters until the pandemic is over. So then you're talking about Morbius, Venom, and Spider-Man possibly being held until later. Uh, Aaron, what are you looking forward to as far as the uh, Marvel movies? Not a single thing you guys have just talked about. Really? (laughs) None of them. So, okay, let me go back. 
the further and further we get out from Black Widow, I don't know if I'm necessarily not looking forward or won't be as excited for it when it finally does come out, but the further and further away we get, the less connected I am to it. Um, you know, kind of the same way I am about a PS5. The further and further I get away from getting one, the less and less connected I am. Dude, we but, tried. <laughs> we tried so hard. <laughs> like the less and less I care. But, um, but care. I feel like I'll just start from the bottom up. I, I was going to say, I think Joey stole my thunder. I liked Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, far from home, I liked parts of it. I thought some of it was predictable. I don't. I was waiting for the parts that were predictable to turn, you know, to sort of come back and sort of zap me and say, ha ha, I gotcha, but it never did. Um, so I didn't dislike it. I just wanted more from it. Um, and I'll be honest, I always kind of, I think I said this once before, I kind of, it annoys me that Tony Stark is the center of everything a Spider-Man has accomplished, but whatever. Um, Venom, I never saw the first one. Don't care to see the second one. Morbius. I didn't even like him on the freaking Spider-Man cartoon in the nineties. So why am I going to watch him now? Um, Shang-Chi, something different. Thank God. Can I just watch that please? Um, and Black Widow, like I said, further away I get, the less I care. But obviously, when it finally does come out, I'll be super excited about it. But so I don't know. It's sort of like I, I think what I'm really like psychologically, I recognize that the likelihood of these movie experiences being what they were intended to be and what I wanted them to be is not going to happen. And because of that, I'm sort of emotionally detaching from them. Um, but again, when they're put in front of me, you know it. Who knows what'll happen? But right now, I'm I'm not sort of on the edge of my seat, sort of like fiend and like breaking into like heroin sweats, you know, wondering <laughs> when they're gonna come out. Chase uh, that MCU like, dragon. Um, you know, I'm just sort of like, eh, okay, well, it'll it'll be there. And again, when they're in front of me, has, let's have the conversation again. But until they're I, until they're in front of me, I I don't know. I'm just kind of detached right now. Yeah, man, you're you're allowed to change your mind down the road. I do it all the time. I do it all the time. Uh, Quickly, before we get too far away from the movies, I just want to go back and put in a little plug. It's Warner Brothers Mortal Kombat, y'all. April. HBO Max. I can't say much of anything, but I went to the set back in years ago. (laughs) Went all the way to Australia to go and check that movie out. Watch Mortal Kombat in April. There you go. Did, they they did, won't yell at that, me for that. That, that doesn't ruin my is that the live action? Yes, live it is action? a live action Lewis Mortal Tan Kombat is in it. movie. Because I know there was a, wasn't there an animated one or something that came out a while back and everyone was like, it was the most gruesome and violent animated movie ever. Yeah, this one is a lot of people from The Raid doing yes. Mortal Kombat. Hell I'm allowed yes. to say Hell that. Yes. I Hell yes. I just watched The Raid 2 again. I just watched The Raid 2 Yo, again like just, last Bronwyn week. and I just, she just watched that for the first time maybe like a month ago and oh, I forgot how brutal that movie is. I watched The Raid Redemption probably like 10 times at this point. No. It was so good. I'm not saying Mortal Kombat is going to be The Raid. I'm just saying that people that are the raid or the raid adjacent are in it. And there, I, I, I saw some serious stuff. So you, you heard it here, folks. Steve says Mortal Kombat is going to be the raid. Yes. <laughs> That's the pull quote. You heard it here, folks. Steve violated his NDA. Do not get me going. Do not, do not get me in trouble. <laughs> Write it down. Record Write it. it down. <laughs> so Marvel series, WandaVision, 
Yes. The yes. Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yes. Yes. Loki. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of with Joey. Uh, what if? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Ms. Marvel? Of course. Hawkeye? Hawkeye. Yes. Good, oh, God. Good to go on all of them. That's what I'm saying. Like, Disney's like, hey, look, we got well, one, two, three, four, five, six series that we know at least four of them are done. There's no... no WandaVision is still being They're adding mixed ex- and finalized. It's going to be right up to the wire with That's that fine. one. They're adding extra That's episodes. Fine. That's fine. But I'm, what I'm saying is, like, we're in production, if not post-production. Like, these are things that we have a good sense are done, and because they're going onto a streaming platform by design the likelihood is of, of us seeing these are significantly higher than any of the movies. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so with that in mind, I, again, like I could see them being like, we don't need Shang-Chi until this pandemic is done. And we're not giving up that China money for Shang-Chi. So we'll, we'll sit on it. And we got six shows that we got coming out on streaming. But didn't they announce that so much of the, um, these shows are going to be linked to the film, the MCU. Totally. But like, are the, also Florence Pugh is supposed to show up in Hawkeye. So like, yeah. you know, there's like things like that, but like, I don't know how much black widow and Shang Chi connect to these two things. As opposed especially to, especially because yeah. black widow and Shang Chi would have already come out. Right. They came, no, they come saying. before, right. It's Dr. Strange is going to start to link the Wanda thing to everything else. And then that into Spider-Man moving forward. Sure. Yeah. Wild times. Can I just tell you, I'm excited about everything on that list. I mean, genuinely excited about everything on that list, except for Hawkeye. (laughs) That Jeremy Uh, Renner, man. Jeremy Renner is such a doof, but that's why we need him to bite it. And then we got Haley Steinfeld. Let's just move on. And lucky and lucky. Come on. He's going to retire. He's not going to bite it. And, and that it was announced or not. I don't know if it's officially announced that they've cast, uh, the Eli Bradley role? No. Yeah, it was on it was on CBR yesterday. No. Yes. yes. Eli Bradley? Yeah. Patriot. Patriot. Young oh. Avengers. They're pulling the Young Avengers together. It's coming. I don't know that I was ever aware of his civilian name. Isaiah Bradley's uh, grandson. Grandson, right. Wasn't he the first Captain America? Yep. The he was Captain. the first Captain America. Right. Okay. Nice. Reparations, reparations. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ooh, all right. Let's. Um. I'm gonna skip. I'm gonna skip the rest of these questions, unless anybody has any burning. Uh, we've already said that we think these things are coming out or not coming out. Uh, do you have any predictions for comics in general for 2021? And my my thing is what it always is. It's every year, big pushes for inclusivity and diversity uh, as the demand for these new characters and stories continues to grow. And it does don't let anybody tell you different and, you know, more, more great nominations toward the end of the year. And I think we're going to see a lot of people, a lot of creators very fired up to make the best of this year and to make some really big moves with their talents, you know, coming out of the horror that was 2020, I've seen a lot of energy online of creators looking like they've got something that they want to prove to themselves. And I'm looking, yeah. I'm looking forward to 
seeing that en- that energy transmuted into art that I can put into my face. That's what, that's what I think. Wow. Okay. Aaron, what about any predictions for 2021 for comics in general? I predict that DC will crumble. And no. No, no, hear me out. So I predict that they will realign their books so that they are literally telling a singular story through a, through different work streams of books and not having the diverse realm of books that they currently have. Well, I wouldn't say the diverse right now, but I'm talking about the volume of the number of books. I think they're going to compress their, their, their line into more into the families, the bat mm-hmm. family, the Superman family, the wonder Woman family. And I think the number of individual stories that they're going to tell is going to shrink and it will just sort of like follow a particular tract. That's my prediction. Mm-hmm. Cause I just don't think they're going to have the resources to do anything more. Hmm. I see. What about you, Joey? What do you think? I'm with Aaron on that, especially having read just four of the first set of future state books. I'm like, I, I, I don't see a, like, I don't really know what's going to happen in March. When is Future State done? I think it's done in March, March right? When, yeah. yeah. When they do the relaunch uh, with some of these other characters and such. You know, there's, there's that note at the beginning of every Future State book that's like, the multiverse has been saved. What is it? I, I, I wrote it down, actually. Let yeah. me read it. <laughs> uh, the multiverse has been saved from the brink of destruction. With victory comes new possibilities as the triumph of our hero shakes loose the very fabric of time and space. From the ashes of death metal, what yeah. comes new life from the multiverse and a glimpse into the unwritten worlds of tomorrow? And I was like, okay, this sounds fun. Um, but then I was like, so what does this what does this mean going forward? And it sent me down this like existential track of like, why am I reading Future State? Like, what is the point of this? I'm not gonna. And then I made the decision, I'm not gonna read Future State because I'm on DC Universe infinite and i'll be able to read future state in a few months anyway so i don't care then i was like what does this mean for the books in march what is happening in march i don't know i don't know and DC, then you read four of them <laughs> yeah dc i think um we've seen this and i actually feel this too from marvel and i'll talk about that in a second but dc is is a uh uh Market share has been been kind of tough for them, and it's been a tough year for them anyway. So I think Aaron's right on his prediction that I think the line's going to get streamlined a lot. They made some really big announcements, but only for a handful of books, um, and I think that is by design. And to be 100% honest, I actually feel the same way about Marvel 2. Um, the X-Men stuff has been taking off, and I think that that will, that will stick around, but uh, I can't or whatever that's called has not been getting as much buzz at least on on what i've been seeing and um uh aside from us i don't really know who else read empire and that was begrudgingly <laughs> for most people yeah. on the show um so i i just wonder too if if marvel also is going to streamline and we've been saying it for years that like marvel's putting out too many books and perhaps this is the year that they're forced to do a little bit of streamlining there as well. Where I think you're going to see some booming is in some of the, in, in some of the independent publishers. Um, and I'm not just talking about image. I'm talking about up and coming publishers like boom, obviously vault. I've been getting so many emails about vault announcements about with some huge names on some of their books. Yeah. And I think what you're starting to see is 
I it, it really it really blew my mind when Steve Orlando all of a sudden wasn't writing DC books and was writing at, at Image and was writing at TKO and then other places. And I was like, I think that's what you're going to see in 2021. I think you're going to see a lot of these big tier creators, more so than in the past few years, moving towards independent publishers and, mm-hmm. and finding the space to do their own stories, um, which is going to make space for some of our favorites from the show, <laughs> friends of the pod, even uh, like Sean Lewis on Superman, which was awesome. Um, by the way, great job on Superman. Uh, <laughs> um, even though I just said, I won't read issue two. Uh, I would love this. You won. That's all you're getting it's from me. It's a philosophy me. thing. It's not about the quality. Yeah. But. Yeah. 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 Look, uh, 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 but I think you're going to see some really cool announcements for for who are who are, for for creators that are going to be working on these DC Marvel books as more of these bigger names move over to um, some of these up and coming publishers. I think that's what you're going to see in 2021, and I think it's been necessitated by a lot of things. Um, but I think just that's just a trend you're going to see. Right on, Mr. Bob. Do you have any predictions? Sure, I, I with. Aaron and Joey on this, and I'll go one step further. Considering what DC is doing with some of these future state books, they've added a dollar to the price and added some backup stories. I think they may go to actual Batman family and Superman family anthology titles. So instead of having a Supergirl or a Superboy story, they will do three issues in a Batman or Superman family book. That's where Batgirl will be, or or maybe even a Harley Quinn, as opposed to- You mean Batgirls- um, yeah, there is a backup story for that, yes, and they have announced that Barbara will be Batgirl and Oracle in a Nightwing series coming up. So that will definitely – the line, I think, is down to 34 books in this future state. I think it will be even shorter by the time we get done. And Marvel does need to do the same. There don't need to be so many ongoing series that end up being miniseries because they just – they can't sustain. They should be – Shorter, more focused. You have a good six-issue story to tell. Tell us six great issues. Give us that. Move on. Wait a couple of months. Come back around again. And maybe it should be X-Men Presents, Avengers Presents, or Marvel Tales or something to do that. Uh, my other real prediction, though, is I think stores are really in a bind right now. They already yeah. were to start with. The pandemic didn't help. Change in distribution didn't help. Future State definitely doesn't help. Some of them are returnable in a some sort of rotational pattern, but you can miss the boat by this and hamstring yourself on either side of this. If you could have sold 100 copies of Wonder Woman and you ordered 15, you're done. The other way around, you, even if you can return it, you've tied up the money, which is now very, very, very tight. And with many leases run out at the end of the year, so to speak, unless some of these stores have protection, from the local governments about evictions and so on. You're looking at a lot of unknowns. How do I allocate my money? How does the rent get paid? Am I allowed to even open the store as some places have lockdowns again? So our stores, if you want to support your local store, this is the time to do it. Let him know or her her know what you're ordering, what you're thinking about. Try to get in. Again, the stores I go to, they put out the flyers about Future State. And people were so up in the air that not a lot of folks really responded. The regulars who want every book that comes out, they all signed up. 
For the others, they're going to look at it on the shelf, but some of those may not make the shelves. And that's that's tough on the stores. So we need to think about our purveyors of these wonders and how we get them and how we can do something for them as well. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Now I feel real guilty and got to get my ass down to my ass. <laughs> Why did they announce post-Future State books as not being connected to these Future State books? Because they're stupid? But like that's what I'm saying. Like, and for the record, for the record, I really liked the four future state books I read this week. Like for today, like uh, we were talking off air. Harley Quinn, great premise. Wonder Woman, Joelle Jones, obviously we've talked about too. Um, Sean Lewis, Superman. The uh, with um, uh, there was another story in there. Brandon Thomas as Mm -hmm. well. The and I also read the Batman one, which was like the most expensive book this this seven ninety nine. Yeah, but John Ridley, Brandon, um, uh, uh, Thomas, Brandon Thomas. Thomas, I just said that. Why did I say it twice? Um, And Paul Jenkins uh, was on it too. Like, were great, and I was like really interested in where they were going. Like Luke Fox, Batman, and there was a arkham knights yeah. thing and and uh uh outsiders um, the superman book had uh, a mr miracle short in it too and and a, a, a guardian one with an old jimmy olsen and i was like these stories are great but the reason why i'm like why am i reading these books is because they've already announced two months from now that they're moving on like if you had just said like future state this is this is seeding things that are coming down the line you have to read these books like i think people would have turned out for yeah. Um, but if people are just like, oh wait, I could just skip Superman because I'll be re- able to read it when so and so takes over in March. Yeah, then, with the same numbering you know, that so, we just left. Yeah, I think it's a flip of a coin though, because I think just as because I agree with you, it doesn't make any sense to sort of to give a finite end date. But I think there are also those people who, as soon as they announce future state probably said, similar to the way I said in, the, in years past when events were coming up, why the F are you upsetting my the flow of my stories, you know, for this thing um, now? Not why, why are you, you know, why are you taking me out of the story and how long is this going to go? And I feel like they probably, there was some aspect of them trying to respond to people by saying, don't worry, this is something we're doing now, but your, your stories will return and blah, 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 blah. I, I don't think anyone is any is any side of that coin is more valid than the other, but I think they had to flip it, and I think they they may have just landed on that one to say, "Listen, guys, don't 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 leave us permanently." But yeah. now the other solution to that would have been, "Well, how about you? Like you said, seed some of these characters into the main continuity." And you know, I thought we had talked about this in the past about the value of this being sort of a litmus test to say which one of these might stick. Yeah. You know, which yeah. one of these might hit, which might, you know, be the next whatever, whatever, and then roll that into the storyline. I feel like there's got to be some level of expectation or even possibility for that to be the case if you're taking one of these characters and literally giving them a television show. Yeah. You know, yeah. beyond a litany of characters that people are like, why do we not have a Green Lantern show? Why do we not? You know what I mean? So there's got to be something planned. I I don't know what. Yeah. I wonder though, if I think Bob, you said it that like 
future state is just all those 5g ideas that they have yeah mm. they're gonna use up the just stories. Like, yeah. yeah we're gonna use them up and then we'll move back and they greenlit uh uh the wonder woman story when 5g was still on the table and they're not taking it down because they've already done so much pre-production yeah. on it probably it could be right yeah no in some ways it's they're trying to eat their cake and have it too and i don't know that the half measures seems to, it doesn't seem to be working in terms of buzz in the stores I've been in with readers as of yet. This may change as people actually read them and enjoy them. But then, as you say, a month down the road, it's, well, where I can't read any more Luke Fox stories. Yeah. Was it Luke Fox Batwing? He was in the, he, I know he was in the tiny run. Yeah. I, he, he was, he was seated in there. I'm sure, I, yeah. I don't know. Back. I think. Was it towards the – was it New 52? There was a Batwing that was based in Africa. And then they shifted it where they – he kind of relinquished – it was sort of like Bruce Wayne went to Africa and somehow met this guy and gave him the Batwing armor and all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then they shifted it and brought it back to Gotham or somewhere around Gotham, and it, the new Batwing became Luke Fox. I'm almost certain of that. Mm, okay. So one, of, one of the listeners, please, you know what, Joey, open up your DC Infinite Universe. and <laughs> find I'll, I'll find that issue right now. <laughs> I'm fairly certain. <laughs> all right. It's a big stuff on the horizon then. We're all agreed. Yeah, I was yes. A- Speaking of future state, so Joey, you uh, did you enjoy what you read? I really enjoyed what I read. Like the next Batman thing for its ridiculous price tag, what have you. Like the premise, I think is actually really cool. It is a classic Batman premise, but like Gotham City has been taken over and Batman's nowhere to be found. Like we've seen that like sixteen times over yeah. the last five months alone. Um, <laughs> but you know, I think it played. I think there were some really cool stories here from John Ridley, obviously, and and Nick Caring, Nick Darrington, uh, who did the Luke Fox story. Um, the Outsiders pieces by Brandon Thomas and, and Sumit Kumar, um, which is with uh, Katana and and Duke, uh, a character from, from the previous run. And the Arkham Knights thing from Paul Jenkins was Fun. ridiculous. Yeah. I, Astrid Arkham as Arkham Knight, Clayface, Harvey Dent, Doc Phosphorus, and Killer Croc. Like, team yeah, up. That's so a like, team. Oh, man, it <laughs> yeah. cost me money. It's it's ridiculous, and the thing is though, like they're taking on this like thing called the magistrate, which is like this private paramilitary surveillance company that is like running Gotham and keeping Gotham safe and what have you. And Batman's gone, and we don't know where he's gone to. Blah blah blah. Um, but I'm like, all right, cool. I got new characters. I got some great uh, creators on it. The art is fantastic for all three stories. Uh, I will say, Paul Jenkins and Jack Herbert's story is like. Like I, I, I didn't know Paul Jenkins wrote it, and I'm reading it, and I'm like, this is so British, <laughs> and 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 there you go. Um, but anyway, like I had so much fun with it. It's like 70 pages long, so like I didn't feel bad about the price tag. I basically got like three full absolutely stories in it. Um, it pushing the button on it though felt a little tough, but. I liked it and it got me excited for Batman in a way that like when I read Tynan's number first issue of his run, I wasn't necessarily excited about it took me a while to get as excited about Batman during Tynan's run. Whereas this one was like, Oh, this is interesting to me. Um, and the same thing with future state Superman of Metropolis, which was, as we said, two Sean Lewis stories um, and a story from Brandon Easton, my bad uh, with Valentin Delandro doing, it was a Mr. Miracle uh, piece. 
Oh, yeah, really man. awesome. But not like Scott Free Mr. Miracle, like a legacy Mr. Miracle. The whole thing about Superman and Metropolis is in the future. Get it? Future state. And Jonathan is Superman. Where's Clark? I don't know. Like, that's the thing. Like, who knows? I don't know. Um, but <laughs> it was really cool. Like, spoilers here, I guess. Um, Jonathan is fighting this, like, supervillain based on Brainiac called Brain Cells. It's not the best name, but I, whatever. It's fine. Uh, and he's like, <laughs> In order to save Metropolis, I need to literally candor it. And I was like, this is crazy. And he, and he ta- and it's it's wild. And I was like, this is like a crazy story. And I have been reading the Bendis Superman and I've really been enjoying the Bendis Superman. So like this Sean, uh, Sean Lewis's story kind of feels like a nice legacy coming out of that, you know? Um, but I go back to my point, which is just like, why? Like, why? Yeah. Like, I get it. It's an Elseworld story, if you want to say that, or it's like a future story, whatever. If there was something solid saying like, hey, this Jonathan is Superman thing that is so cool and and expertly crafted here is something that's going to continue and you'll be able to read in this book or it's going to continue in the series when it's relaunched in March. Like, I'd be like 100% here for it. But if I can just come back to this at any time and read the rest of it, what's... You know, like what's what's the what's the drive, especially because these books are expensive. Times are tough. You know, like I got to pick what I got to read. Uh, same thing with the Joel Jones thing. Like the art is fantastic. The Harley Quinn thing, Simone DeMeo on that art. We've been talking about his art all year because he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's the impetus to read these books? Right. Wait, what, know, if, what if now? Yeah, what if these were the ongoing and the old universe came back? In little bits and pieces. Well, and like reseated the, the old the... characters back in into the line, and that might have been more interesting. Well, they tried this with the 52 thing when they were like 52 weeks have passed and we yeah. don't know what happened, but we're going to flash back and find out, right? Like, hey, I just did some research on Batwing. <laughs> <laughs> it's 36 issues, and it started out with uh, being written by Judd Winnick, and then it wrapped up with Jimmy Palmiotti. Wow. 2011 to 2014. New 52 right in the pocket. Mm-hmm. And it was Luke Fox when Palmiotti picked it up. Nice. I knew there was something about that that was bothering me, like Luke Fox being Batman. I'm like, haven't we done this? But okay. Anyway, moving on. Cut that too. <laughs> <laughs> I could swear that I saw something about the Luke Fox Batman stuff continuing beyond Future State. Well, I think it was well, Tynan mentioned that- he had plans for Luke Fox. Yeah, because he shows up at the end of the most recent kind of stretch of James Tynan's run. You know, like, he's there. Hmm. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yep. Like, I don't know. I don't, We don't know what else we can do. And uh, Wait for the I solicitations. Mean, I, wait for April. I'll say this. I'll say this. Regardless of how long Future State is around, how many issues per series this is the most dc books that i've purchased and or been interested in reading before 2020 like i barely touched dc throughout all of 2020 i read a handful of books Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but not a lot but this like this energized me and when all those announcements came out and we found out that some like good ass creators 
that are either up and coming or people that like are finally getting their due with the big leagues or at least getting to tell those stories and it's finally happening. That's got me reading their books again, which is it's yeah. awesome. And I'm, I'm all about it. I will enjoy it for as long the books as books are good. Look, I, we didn't, we didn't go into details too much. I flipped over Joelle Jones's wonder woman with, with her team that Bob had mentioned earlier. I believe it was Clayton Cowles and uh, was it Jordy Belair? Jordy, Jordy Belair. Yeah. Yeah. That book, that book blew me away. I read it early this afternoon and just loved the attitude of it, loved the look of it, everything. I, I was like, I would read this. I would read this character. This is a nice alternative, a uh, nice compliment to, to the Diana character. I would read this. And the the Harley Quinn book is really interesting. It's got this kind of like Hannibal vibe to it of Harley being locked up with Jonathan Crane and him kind of overseeing her treatment and whatnot or her care and she ends up exposing different villains and their weaknesses and basically from her cell plotting their downfall and spoilers, her plans work. And it just, it becomes this really interesting setup for her to be a, an intellectual hero, if you will. And, and I, I dug it. And I mean, the, the Simone de Mayo art was like, oh my God, so, so gorgeous. And I'm, I'm pumped. Like I'm, I'm excited to see what comes out next week. I would, I, I would love to be checking all of them out, but I can't cause I'm already doing that with X-Men and there's no way that I can do the whole run of, of future state. It's just not happening. But so. I think that's what, I think that's what a lot of readers are going to face. Yeah. You know, I would have liked to have picked up the swamp thing issue. Dude. But- Check out Superman. <laughs> no, I will. I definitely, I definitely want to check it out. Um, if and- only, like, I think you dig. I think you're. I think you would dig the Mister Miracle short in particular. Um, but the the Superman was fun. I'm I'm just on a Superman kick, as I've been saying for the last six months. But Superman was fun. Awesome. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will. I'll have to say honestly. Like you've already talked me into buying that Batman. That is definitely something that's going to happen later tonight. I can tell. <laughs> Uh, but yeah. All right. I think remember back when you said, Oh, about an hour. How, how long are we going now, Joey? Like an hour 45. Yeah. That's probably when we should wrap it up right about now. Uh, yeah. So let's, uh, let's talk about the books we talk. We're going to be picking up this week. We are back to our regular announcements of comics Let's see. I am picking up. Well, I've already picked up my Future States Harley Quinn and Wonder Woman crossover number three. I'm very excited because I didn't even know about this. Eternals number one from Kieran Gillen and Isad Rivik. Hell yes. Yeah. So Eternals number one is definitely getting purchased. Hellions number eight is on my list. Picking up Iron Man now because of Chris Cantwell reading his new Iron Man series, so Iron Man number five. There's a book coming out called The Last Witch, number one, that uh, I'm going to be checking out. David Pepos's Scout's Honor, number one, comes out this week. Definitely go get yourself a copy of that. Uh, we'll be talking about that for sure when the podcast comes back the week after next. 
and I'm on the fence about X Factor. This is this is going to be my first crossroads of what do I do? Do I buy it because I have all the others and I'm reading all the X verse, or do I finally walk away from it and start 2021 without <laughs> X Factor? <laughs> Wipe your hands clean. It's a new year, new you. <laughs> yeah, and then I come back to the show two weeks later, and oh, should read X Factor. X Factor is um, the one that we're all on the fence about. I yeah, think. I'm just not into it. I'm just not into it. Maybe I'll maybe I'll maybe I'll let it go for for a week, and and I'll, I'll see what happens. I'll see if I really miss it. Uh, Bob, what are you picking up? Well, beyond what we talked about, Future State Wonder Woman and the next Batman, I also will be picking up Death Metal number seven just to see how that all ends and Generation Shattered. So lots of lots of DC. The Marvel books have been delayed for the holidays, my understanding, but they may still get here by the end of the week. Return of the Valkyries, number one. Jason Aaron, bring back Jane Foster. Yes, it's part of the King in Black thing. There are four issues of it between now and March. And also due January 5th is Oh My Gods by Stephanie Cook, which, of course, I have to pick up. Yeah. She was number one. Their book was number one on an Amazon list, list. today. Oh, lovely. It was like something like Greek kids and Roman uh, instruction or scholarly something or other. Uh, fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's, it's their book birthday today when we're recording this on Tuesday and that is out on stands now lovely book very very happy for her she's got so much stuff coming down the pike it's crazy yep <laughs> crazy so happy for her uh Aaron what are you picking up I've been scrolling through the list honestly I've been focusing on the end of year stuff but scrolling through the list I'm probably going to pick up Miles Morales Spider-Man a crossover uh, I guess crossover. Sorry, <laughs> Hellions. Um, I want to check out the future. Some of the future state stuff. There's also um, the Wonder Woman, especially. Um, I'll probably you know dip into the Eternals. I've been reading Juggernaut because I, it's, I don't know for some reason that book has just been sort of catching me. I don't know why. I can't figure out why. But I heard I that know. about that. I heard that about that and Taskmaster. It's just I can't describe it, but it's an interesting take on this character of why he's what how he's doing what he's doing now. It's just interesting. Hmm. Um, so the Valkyries, I saw that as well. But then there's also I'm going to wrap up the the uh, the Rise of Ultraman. I think number five might be the last one, I believe. Um, and then getting it together, number four is coming out this week, um, nice. I believe. I think that might be it for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey, did you go? Um, no, but I think things that have already been mentioned, Scout's Honor, fourth issue of Getting It Together, Eternals, um, the future state I already picked up as well, um, all the X-Men stuff too, Star Wars High Republic is coming out. I, I Maybe that's my uh, another New Year's resolution for me, getting into the Star Wars books over at Marvel. Greg Pak's Darth Vader is like talked up every single month. Everyone's like, this is the best book of all time. And I'm like, all right, I'll read it. I also, I really liked Kieran Gillen's Darth Vader run. So I, 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 uh, maybe I'll start checking that one out. You got to go to the dark side. <laughs> yeah, I will. Aldous, Aldous was do, uh, Doc Afra too. I, I read the first two issues of and loved, but I just, I can never keep up with the Star Wars stuff because there's just like other things that I get looped into. Indeed. Okay. So those are our books. 
Does anybody have any birthdays, final thoughts, yes. statements, anything? Yes. Go ahead, Bob. Yes, actually, we had a question that we didn't get to about did we get any cool gifts? Oh. And I got a lot no. of really lovely things, but one, it's it's a, it's a paired thing. My, my coworker, Julia, and she's really into comics. She's a big fan of Young Avengers. And so when I showed her Eli Bradley on the computer yesterday, she literally squeed in the back of the store, which was great. Uh, she's a very, very crafty person as well. So I wanted to get her something special for Christmas, being a, a comic book person. And sadly, for, for me anyway, and for everybody else, I shouldn't say it that way, for everybody, with conventions closed, that was half my Christmas shopping. As I'd wander through the aisles and go to creators and... Julia had expressed interest in a book I had on, on my counter, and I want to spe- send out a special thanks to friend of the pod, uh, Kristen Gudsnuck, who I reached out to, and she sent me a copy of her Hench Girl trade, completely signed to Julia with a, a nice little inscription and whatever. Oh, and she, that's nice. Yeah, and she absolutely loved it. And what Julia did for me, it's sitting next to my computer right now, she crocheted for me and made... A Jeff the Land Shark. <laughs> oh, no way. Yes. Have you shown that to? Oh, well, have you? I can't show it to, to anybody. To... I, I, how would I take a picture of it? This <laughs> the thing. Forgot who I was talking yes. to for a second. <laughs> I, when, I go, when I go back into work, I'll make sure I bring it and have Julia take a picture and send it to my email. If, yeah, if you can send it to me, I'll make sure that Kelly Thompson can see it and then I'll send you her response. Okay. We have a plan now. We have a plan. <laughs> oh, Bob. <laughs> All right. So uh, anybody else? Happy birthday, Sabina. Yeah. Oh, yes, indeed. And uh, happy birthday, Mr. Bobby Shortle. Yes, the fourth. Yes. So there you have it. There's your there's your holdover podcast until we get to the awards next week. They are happening. We promise. We've reached the end of this week's edition of the Talking Comics Podcast. As always, you can send us your comments or questions through our email, podcast at TalkingComicBooks.com. We are also on Twitter, at Talking Comics. We've also got TalkingComicBooks.com, where you can find reviews and features from our fantastic contributors. And if you like this podcast, be sure to go and check out LadiesOfAhala.com, where you can catch Sarah, Jess, and Bronwyn of the Ladies of Ahala podcast. Uh, their latest episode was a little while ago. But they do have one uh, about the Dispatches from Elsewhere, fantastic series from Jason Siegel, coming out soonish. That's what I will say about that. Uh, we'd also like to recommend Jeremy Whitley's Progressively Horrified podcast, where Jeremy and his co-hosts discuss movies, TV shows, and comics, uh, and art, and anything else in the horror genre through a progressive lens. If you did not catch it in your feed, Mr. Bob Ryer was a special guest of theirs on Christmas Day we talk about Black Christmas. As you should. Uh, so, yes, the Sophia Tikal reboot, remake. Awesome movie. We, That's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, there you go. The, 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 good, the good one. The good one. The good one. Uh, also, we're on Spotify and Apple and wherever podcasts are sold. If you would like to be kind and throw us a review, that would be amazing. Uh, it helps us move up in the rankings. And if we want to do some cool things this year, 
that would certainly help us out a lot and we thank you in advance so for bob where can our listeners find you old-fashioned email bob ryer at talkingcomicbooks.com joey at joey Bertino. aaron at aaron j amos Sarah is at Geek Country Lady. Jessica is at Jarska for all the things. Bronwyn is at Shiny Baby B. And I am at Dead underscore Anchorus on Twitter and Instagram. So for Bob. See you soon. Joey. Adios. Aaron. Deuces. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Be excellent to each other. Stay safe out there. We'll catch you next time for the ninth annual Talking Comics Awards. Until then, to be continued. as well get ready. okay get ready <laughs> what will it be uh you from atomic blonde i'm thinking oh yeah huh. either that or, or inappropriate santa claus we'll come okay. no <laughs> around stop everyone's, Never everyone's favorite character <laughs> no <laughs> i thought we didn't have him this year because you didn't do it for the award show and i was so happy